Hey guys, it's March, and you're listening to Hola Bichola, Casa de Dragons. All right, welcome everyone. Welcome back to the show. We're here in season two of Hola Bichola podcast. We're going to be covering Casa de Dragons, or as you might know it, House of the Dragons on HBO Max. So what we know so far about House of Dragons or House of the Dragons is that it's a prequel about 180 years before Game of Thrones. So I'm pretty excited to get on this journey and uh, let's just let's just get right into it. Okay, so we open up with the naming of the new king and the new king his name is Viserys Targaryen right? He's a Targaryen. (laughs) Of course, he's a Targaryen. Okay. So we open up with him being named the new heir of the kingdom of the realm of the seven kingdoms. And you have all of the houses there. And we don't really know all of the houses, but we presume it's all of the houses, right? And so it's like very old and dusty kind of looking there's hmm it looks like the kingdom has seemingly fallen apart where they're naming this area it looks like the the place has no ceiling looks like there's just like columns and it's almost like their version of a (laughs) post-apocalyptic version of naming a new heir Um, And so it it really looks a lot more like a dreamy sequence to me. So we have all the houses there and finally Viserys is being named. As it turns out that he should not have been named, his sister, who was the firstborn, should have been named. I think she's his sister. I'm actually not quite sure. I should be sure, but I, you know, whatever. It's the first episode. What do we all know? Anyway, so we're getting into... The naming of Viserys, and we learn that his sister, Rhaenerys, was supposed to be named queen, but because of the old boys, old club, she doesn't get named. And so now she is forever known as the queen who never was. How rude is that? I don't know. So soon after that, we finally actually get into just the drama of it all. And we actually get right into it. They pulled nothing back. We don't have to wait to see dragons like we used to in Game of Thrones. What was like season four before we actually saw a goddamn dragon. And here we are, episode one, with a beautiful flight of the dragon who's being written by um, Rhaenyra, who's the daughter of Viserys. And it's going to sound like super confusing, but don't let it confuse you because we're going to shorten these names. But for now, I'm just going to say all the names. And then later on, we'll just we'll start taking them nicknames because I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember all the heiresses of these names. So we get into it. And basically, the Rhaenyras or Ray. She's flying over King, what I presume is King's Landing. I mean, King's Landing 180 years before the King's Landing that we know of in Game of Thrones, okay? So we get into, she's like landing, and we can just see all of these castles and all of these houses, and it all just looks so immaculate, so beautiful, nothing, it doesn't look like it's in ruins. It, it looks 
quite renovated or I, I can't even say it looks renovated. It actually looks, I don't know what that term is because we're in the prequel. So to us viewing it, it kind of looks renovated, but it really looks pristine and it's in its original form. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how it opens up. And so we have, we see Ray walking in into her mother's quarters and her mother is nine months pregnant. She is ready to go. She's having this discussion between her mom and they're just both looking like child's breath flowers. She looks very like airy and they're having these conversations about how, you know, her mother's allegedly going to have a boy and they're talking about how um, they're talking about how like women can't be heirs to the throne. They can't be queens. And so the daughter is basically saying how, or Ray, she's basically saying how she would rather be out on the battlefield instead of doing lady things. And her mother states like, well, you know, our, our real battlefield is childbearing, which I guess there's nothing much to look look forward to being a woman in these kingdoms other than being a whore in a brothel being a servant maid or being a princess and just looking pretty but ray isn't about that life so we'll see we'll see what happens there so so then we move into kind of meeting all of the men and they're all in the i don't know i i call it the meeting room i'm sure it has an actual name but i forgot it it's been years since i last seen Game of Thrones, I knew all the names and stuff like that. So we're just going to call it the king's room or the king's meeting room. It really is the king's meeting room where they all get together, sit down and like discuss war and and lineage and whatever else men talk in these rooms. Um, and uh, one of the first ones that we see is Corliss. Corliss, I think his name is Corliss Valerian, 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 it's not Valerian, it's Valerian, which is a play on Valerian, the old town, the one of the OG towns, and he's just this like beautiful man with these white gold dreads, and he's, we learn that he is a seaman, or a you know what it's I'm gonna I'm not gonna have all the words today but he's like a first captain or whatever you want to call him he knows the seas really well he's conquered the seas beyond the seven kingdoms or the seven realms and into wherever else outside of this little pocket of worlds that they're familiar with because they're still in the they're still on earth just you know in their own little area they still haven't really explored as much i mean he has i'm i'm just saying like you know they think of their world as just being that tiny little place but really it's everybody there's there's other people they haven't really even come in contact with who exist you know indigenous people of the other lands so we're we're with him in the king's throne room and they're all basically just talking about the throne again because they're really obsessed with who's going to heir the heir of the heir 
Do you know what I mean? Like they all get together. They're not really talking about what lands are going to conquer. They're not really talking about, you know, what cities need food or who needs medical care. They only are concerned about who's going to rule the throne next. It's it's almost an it's an obsession. It's exhausting. But that's where we are at this point in the in the show. And so we finally meet King Varys's brother, whose name happens to be Damon. But for the podcast, we're going to call him Paimon because he looks exactly like a devil king. Okay, so he's Damon, who's actually a shapeshifter for Paimon, as far as I'm concerned. So um, <clears throat> he's speaking in High Valerian. And we don't really see who he's really speaking with until the doors the doors open and then they start kind of talking. They, because I don't really know who's like who's he talking to. Turns out he's talking to his niece, Ray or Venera. Because I, I want to say Venerys, but that's the sister, the queen who never was. So Renera, I believe, is her name, the little girl, um, the king's daughter, his niece, and they're speaking to each other in High Valyrian. And even though the show had subtitles, I still didn't know what they were talking about. I don't even remember what they were saying. It turns out that you can actually learn how to speak Valerian on Duolingo. Uh, a fake language or made-up language that you can learn to speak. Sorry, I'm having a moment with that. <clears throat> Moving on. So... Soon after that, it's all like the king has like sores for sitting on the throne. And we move into Viserys is now talking to his wife, the queen. I, we don't learn her name. And he's she's taking a nice, relaxing, tepid bath. She's just minding her own business. And here comes Viserys wanting to talk about how he's gonna have a boy how she's pregnant with a boy and she's like do you mind I, I i'm not trying to have this conversation with you i'm trying to relax i don't need your thing on me right now i don't need this on me while i'm trying to relax gently quietly before i deliver this potential daemon <laughs> I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I'll tell you what. So while, while they're having, the king and the queen are having their discussion, we move into another, like I said, they really get right into it. It's kind of like a morbid scene, but it's Paimon coming into this town to what it looks like he's like ravaging and pillaging and raping and who knows what we're doing. But all I know is that there's, Bussies, there are nuts on like um, tree stoops. There are, I don't know, people being decapitated and just all of these things. And none of us know what's happening. We're just seeing all this like ravage happening in this town. And clearly everyone is suffering because in during the medieval times, everyone has to suffer for no reason at all than just for suffering. So they're all kind of 
doing that um chest bumping that they do in their like they're having their own like little wolf of wall street moment with matthew mcconaughey he's like bumping on his chest trying to get his like adrenaline and blood pumping and just getting ready to like pillage this town and i thought that was very telling for what we were going to get out of damon slash paymon <laughs> i mean y'all should really look into paymon um because he embodies damon targaryen embodies paymon so he's having a true paymon moment in the middle of this raid and so while this is happening it's like a couple of days later we're back in the meeting room and they're basically the all of the men are all talking about how Damon, Damon, Paymon is a menace to society. He's just taking on his like connection to the throne and just being able to just show up to any, you know, town and just pillage it because he allegedly believes there were rapists or rapists and there was all of these other things there. And it's like, well, you know, if there's no checks and balance yeah, your menacing brother is going to do that. Um, so they're all really concerned about Damon in this, in this place with any amount of power. If he already behaves this way with this amount of power, what do we think he's going to do if he actually heirs the throne or sits on the throne? So we can already tell that houses will be divided, relationships will be torn apart. Because what else does the throne do than just tear families apart? So now we're um, <clears throat> um, now we're at the there's a tournament happening because the king wanted to celebrate the birth of his kid with a jousting tournament. Naturally, more violence. So we're at the tournament and they're doing their medieval times you know celebrations of can you bless my can you bless my stick so that I can stick it to somebody else in your honor and they're doing all that back and forth and I don't know about you guys but I know for me King Viserys reminded me or at least I thought his real name was like Patty what's his name Patty Codicine I thought he was the actor in coupling the UK British show that resembled friends. Um, I could have sworn that was him. I was almost certain that was him, but I thought he looked quite different. I mean, it's been, I don't know, over 20 years since that show aired. And so I thought it's possible that he could be that person. And it turns out he's actually not that person. So I mistook him for Jack Davenport. And if you look at the picture side by side I think you would agree with me that they actually do favor each other but um, I'm pretty good at these things you might think I'm wrong but let me know if you think I'm right or wrong either way hit me up on hbxpod at gmail.com that's hbxpod at gmail.com um, so while this is all happening we're learning about all we're learning about a, a couple of house names that we've actually all heard before we hear the Baratheon name which you know little do they know what's coming to them um, but it's really nice to see to hear House Baratheon back 
not in the same way, but just hear the beginnings of like the House Baratheon and their one of their men, one of their knights is challenging in the jousting tournament that's happening. So here we have Damon who is also fighting and killing other other knights in this tournament that to me resembled do you know do you guys remember those um toys those little magic toys that you would get at like a 25 cent coin machine (laughs) oh my god I don't even know if I'm like telling my age at this point but it's like those little 25 cent coin machines or you would get them at like um you would get them at like you know, birthday parties where they were these rings that you would put in like a fake knife or like a knife through and it would look like the knife pierced through your finger and it's like fake magic. Anyway, when I saw what the jousting tournament actually looked like, it reminded me a lot of like those kinds of rings, which again, that would all put into play with the horrors of the jousting tournament. So horror for horror. And so the jousting tournament is happening around the same time that the queen is having the baby. And as we basically have been foreshadowed, she's having trouble giving birth to the baby. The baby's breaching. And for those of you who have had babies, delivered babies, you know that when a baby breaches, it's because they're not in the right delivery position. And so now the king has a choice to make. He either has to lose both his child and his wife or or they can cut out the baby and the wife dies and the the baby might live we don't know um so what the king decides is that he's going to kill his wife for the throne because obviously the throne matters here over his wife's life um you know i don't know if there was any other option also if she was going to live i know i think the options were they either they both die or she dies and the baby might live. So he chose the baby. And um, yeah, it was pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. I, I was very jarred. That was one of the most, one of the most jarring moments out of many in this episode. It's one of the most jarring moments. And one thing I will say is that there is no time that I am happier to be in than in 2022. Even with how crazy childbearing is and childbirthing is here today, I would still rather be here in 2022 than in any medieval time period or even at not 20 years ago. I just would rather be here than be there. So definitely thankful for science and technology at this point. So after the queen passes away, clearly, Turns out uh, the baby also passed away, so no one survived that delivery. Yikes. And now the daughter, Ray, Venera, has to ask her dragon to burn both her mother and her baby brother has to burn them because that's their way of the Targaryen dragon way of saying goodbye not like not the viking way where you can just ship them off into the sea also burning them but just like sh- giving them a nice little burn into the water it's just a, sh- a straight up charring you know um which 
I guess that's the most, the best ecological way to go about things. It, nobody, you know, you don't have to just like dump dead bodies in the water and maybe it burns, maybe it doesn't burn. Um, so yeah, that's one surefire way to go. So way to go Targaryens. So while she's asking, basically, while Ray is asking for her dragon to burn her her mom and the baby, she looks over to her, she's not looking over, she speaks an old high Valerian to her uncle and basically says, I hope he's happy. He finally got the sun. Now, can we move on with this? Because we're all suffering with his search for a son. So clearly everybody's pretty unhappy and sad about this tragedy, really. It's all really just a tragedy. I mean, it is medieval times, so I wouldn't expect anything less than a tragedy. So now we're back at the king's quarters or the meeting room because we actually don't, I don't think we've ever left the meetings room. I think everything else has happened and we just keep checking back to the meeting room because we're back at the meeting room again and they're having the air discussion. In the midst of this king grieving and he's really bummed out that he lost a son and a wife in his search for an heir and all his you know high court men his hand all they could think about is you should this is probably the best time for you to name an heir and it's interesting that the queen who never was his husband Corliss Valerian he's part of the the meeting room and he won't ever let them forget that his wife really should have been the queen and not King Viserys, which I would think that the king would have chopped his head off by now or maybe chopped his tongue out, you know, in in true medieval nature. But no, he just kind of takes it from him. And I think that's quite noble and mature of King Viserys in this moment or at any moment in any encounter with Corliss, really. Um because he will not let you forget that. <clears throat> and so they're all discussing whether who's the next heir and his brother or King Viserys is basically saying like, well, you know, ooh, um, yeah, my brother, he's kind of like the next heir because he's like my brother. And they're all like, uh, you don't think your brother will slit your throat? And <laughs> the king's like, oh, no, why would he slit my throat? He's my brother. And they're all like, your brother is literally Paymon. I don't understand how you don't see how your brother won't slate your throat and put your head on a spike for everybody to see. And so he's like, ah, you know what? I don't see it. You get, I don't see it, guys. I don't see it. Well, turns out that while the king was mourning, Damon, Paymon, was at a brothel celebrating and also mourning the death of his sister-in-law and that came back to the king and the king was not happy about that because it turns out that Damon said he was an heir for a day and the king wasn't having that king Viserys was just kind of like you know what I don't like your attitude I don't like your vibe you're really um you're not mourning with me you're out here like acting really loud and crazy so I'm going to send your ass 
back to where you came from. Um, and you and your little wife are going to need to go. So his brother says to him, well, what do you mean that I need to go? I'm your, I'm literally your heir. You can't send the heir away. And he goes, and the, and so the king goes, well, you thought you were my heir. However, you are not the heir. I am naming the heir. And you will not know who that person is. So, um, Payman was not happy about that, but he still left. He left quietly for now because obviously they're all playing the long game. So soon after that, we basically get right into, it starts to move a little bit quickly and we get right into um, King Viserys with Rhaenerys, right? And... Well, actually, sorry, before that, so Otto Hightower, who is the king's hand, calls over his daughter. I don't know his daughter's name. Uh, Sissy, S-Y-C-C-E, Sice, I think. I don't know. I, I didn't write it down. Anyway, she he calls her over and is basically saying like, oh, I'm really sad, you know, and you and the king have a lot in common, you know, your mother died during child during childbirth. His wife just died during childbirth. Maybe you should go to his quarters and show him how bad you feel for him. Mind you, she is his daughter's best friend. So Otto Hightower is already out here pimping his daughter. There is, he has... What, what, how do you say that thing? A skin in the game, a thick in the game, a hand in the game, literal hand in the game. You know what? I'll be here all night. <clears throat> so he basically pimps his daughter out and sends her over to see King Viserys. And she's kind of like, but why, daddy? Like, I don't have anything to say. And she, he goes, yes, you do. You can tell him about how sad you are and that you're available for him. So she has to listen to her daddy because it's medieval times. And she finally goes and he, right before she goes, Otto goes, you should wear one of your mother's dresses. One of your mother's dresses. I mean, there is nothing sacred clearly in this time period. Well, there is, but just between these relationships. So she goes and sees him and she has a book with her and he's kind of like, why are you here? And so she says to him, I brought you a good book. And he's kind of like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? And so she sits down uninvited because he didn't even say you can have a seat, but she sits down nonetheless. And she says, well, I know you like stories and I came to tell you one. And she basically just sat down in silence for a second and tells him, everyone used to speak to me in riddles when my mom died. And I just wanted somebody to say, I'm sorry. So I'm here to tell you, I'm sorry for your loss. And he looks at her and he goes, all right, love. Thank you for that. <laughs> and that was the end of that. But I wonder, do we... Like, does anything come of that? Is that a conversation that she's gonna have with Veneris? Like, hey, yeah, I was just like in your dad's room. Like, I know that's kind of weird, but like, 
I might be your new stepmom, but you know, like, are we, can we, we'll be best friends, even more best friends. I don't know what that's going to turn into, but it was a moment and it was a weird one nonetheless, which I mean, it, it, it tells me that Otto will stop at nothing to gain the throne. But let me tell you something. I didn't, I've never heard the name Hightower before this season, so maybe nothing comes of it. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we still have several episodes to go, several years to go. So pretty much after that, <clears throat> um, you know, the king, <clears throat> pretty much after that, King Viserys meets up with his daughter, Veneris. Verneria, Verneria. He meets up with Verneria, Ray, and there, he's trying to explain to her that she, he's gonna name her the the new heir because of these prophecies that previous kings, previous Targaryen kings, have had of the future of the kingdoms, and he's telling her that they're that them being dragon bearers and you know rulers of dragons it's really just an illusion they're much more than that they can see into the future and basically foretells the entire game of thrones series which was really beautiful honestly i was i almost cried at the end when we finished my husband looks over to me he goes what did you think and i like had to ask him what he thought because I was in the middle, I was, I was like mid-tier, and I, I just, you know, it's the first episode, why am I crying so much? I mean, I did really love Game of Thrones, I feel like I got almost anyone into it that I spoke to about it, I, they immediately had to see it. Um, I've watched Game of Thrones, like many of you probably have, many times over, um, and uh yeah, I mean, it was a really great first episode. I feel like I really wanted to get into a little bit more about like the outfits, but you know, we'll have time for that. But it was a really good first episode. And I really love how it's going to be more about the relationships in this like in this house um, than just like them conquering, which we had a lot of that in the, you know, and the sequel of Game of Thrones, the future Game of Thrones. I really love how we're gonna really get more intimate between the characters and their relationship just in this house. Just in these maybe like, I think we have House Hightower, House Valyrian, um, and we have House Targaryen. And we'll, I think towards the end, we heard a little bit more about like House Stark, House, um, oh my goodness. Baratheon um and that was really exciting to see Rick on Stark we saw Rick on Stark and if you know you know so that was really exciting but uh yeah I mean that's all I have for you guys today thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you guys on the next episode if you have any questions feel free to hit me up on hbxpod at gmail.com and uh, you can find me here on YouTube. And if you wanted to listen to the audio version of this, you can listen, find it on Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, anywhere you listen to all your podcasts. All right, guys, until next time. Bye.